Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth with each other, and with a divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. I'm Ben Stewart. I'm professor of worship at the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago, and also the director of advanced studies at the, at the seminary. And I was village pastor from the year 2000 to 2003, and my time at Holden actually really shaped I think, where I am now, how I got to be a professor of worship, who's especially interested in the connections between liturgy and ecology. And it was the experience up here in the village of worshiping every day in this mountain valley, and then watching as the seasons turned, especially during Advent, around the winter solstice, when we had about 25 minutes of direct sunlight in the village, and all of the readings in the lectionary started going dark and talking about the contrast between light and darkness and how we are people who walk in darkness but look for the light. And then we get to the, as the sun comes back, we got to Epiphany and all these readings then about light. And so I wondered where that came from. Did Is that something new? Was this an accident that the patterns of the natural world outside seem to be related to the schedule of readings that we had for worship called the lectionary. And so that actually kicked off interest for me that I went back to study um, in graduate school. And in fact, there's this whole history of the way worship and, and ecology interact. So I've been working on that since um, uh, I started teaching in 2009. And lately I've been especially interested in the place of wisdom literature in scripture. And those that's a strand of writing in the Older Testament that includes the books of Job and Ecclesiastes and Proverbs in Hebrew. And then in Greek, and these are in some Bibles and some not, with the wisdom of Solomon and Sirach. And this wisdom literature I've, I've found fascinating for a few different reasons. One of which I think it's so interesting in the way it's very interested in having people attend to the actual world. And sometimes that's the opposite move of religion. Religion will have a doctrine or a dogma that's in your head or a story that says you're special because of this hidden reason. And sometimes um, that can become ideological in the sense that you have these great theories that are abstract and you try to impose them on the actual world. And of course, that can result in all kinds of intellectual and actual physical violence. But the wisdom tradition isn't very interested in that kind of doctrine or dogma even though it's in our Bible, it says, go out and look at the actual world and look how the stars and the moon interact with our sky and how animals behave 
And what happens to people when they drink too much alcohol or they cheat on their partners? Just look at it. And if you need to change your beliefs based on what you actually discover in the real world, change those beliefs. So that serves as a counterbalance to the kind of hidden realities and the realities of faith that we have in religious traditions. So I've been especially interested in the wisdom tradition and the way it attends to mortality lately. It has these famous lines, all of us are dust, all return to the dust, and our breath returns to God who made us. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So this sensibility that's not too much interested in things we can't observe, like something like eternal life or resurrection, but noticing all of us go back to the dust and all of us fleshy creatures share in that. The wisdom tradition is interested in when we're looking out there at the actual world. It's not just about data, hard data, give me the scientific facts and nothing else, but it seems to want to engender a sense of wonder at the stretch of the cosmos, and in some ways how small we are in relationship to the cosmos. And so one of the things I'm interested in is that that wisdom way of knowing involves both reality and wonder, which itself is a kind of religious way of knowing. Uh, Rabbi Heschel describes spirituality as radical amazement. And that's a way that we can know things in our time that also has a kind of spiritual or religious undergirding to it. I think while wisdom literature in the Old Testament uh, isn't specifically Christian, there are strands of it that certainly connect with and show up in uh, Christian New Testament scriptures. Even just thinking about the way the, the scriptures are so clear that Jesus himself is a creature of dust um, and is mortal. There's no hint that he won't die eventually, but he shares our dust, this dust with us. And he also is filled with the breath of God, just like we are. He breathes on his disciples. He gives up, offers over his spirit from the cross. He too is a, a, a creature of dust and breath. Jesus also is like astonishingly honest about the, 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 the abusive power of religion. So he seems to be in this wisdom tradition that would say, if your religion is harming the poor, if your religion is harming sexual outcasts, if your religion is making you feel superior to other people, you need to recalibrate your religion. So he also shares in the sense of, let's, let's not be ideological in the way that we approach religion. He certainly invites us into faith, but it's often about finding faith in those places that would challenge our deeply held beliefs that might privilege us over other people. In the end, I think, too, that's what Jesus does, is he sends us with deep compassion to all the other creatures of dust, all the other creatures who have been filled with the breath of God. That's, that's the ultimate sending that he sends us to, confident that in all those wounded places of creation, all our own wounded places, um, the wounds of the marginalized and the, the least of these, we should watch there for the breath of God in ways that we might not even be prepared to expect it. That God is raising up these creatures, healing all of us, and bringing into being what we would call the new creation. 
Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information, or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.